Founders Talk, an interview podcast hosted by me, Adam Stachowiak. We profile founders building businesses online as well as offline. And if you found this show on iTunes, we're also on the web at 5x5.tv slash Founders Talk. If you're on Twitter, follow Founders Talk and me, Adam Stack. Today's show is sponsored by PostmarkApp.com. If you're still sending your web apps important notification emails from the default mail server, you need to check out PostmarkApp.com. Postmark improves delivery success rates and alerts you to messages that are being bounced or marked as spam. With a setup that takes only a minute, Postmark makes it painless to give your apps email the first-class treatment they deserve. But don't take our word for it. Every account comes with 1,000 free emails to get you started. Sign up today and start sending emails safely at PostmarkApp.com. And by Rackspace.com. Rackspace would like to remind you that just because you know how to administer a server does not mean you actually have to. Rackspace Cloud lets you focus on the big picture while the sysadmin functions of patching, backing up, and responding to those monitoring emails are all handled for you. It's like cloning yourself. Sign up before January 31st and save up to $300. Learn more at RackspaceCloud.com slash 5x5. Today's guest is Ryan Holmes, founder of Hootsuite. Enjoy the show. I'm here with Ryan Holmes, founder of Hootsuite. Uh, it's, uh, it's a pleasure to speak with you, Ryan. I'm glad you finally got a chance to speak with me and uh, excited to have you on the show. Why don't you say hello? Thanks a lot, Adam. How are you doing? I'm doing well. So, Ryan, I mean, obviously, everybody knows that uh, about Hootsuite. You've, you've just recently won some awards. You've got a lot of uh, great things going on with Hootsuite, but uh, I'm, I'm kind of inter- interested about a little bit more about who you are and some of your background. Uh, so I, I guess, uh, you, you call me a serial entrepreneur, Adam. Um, I, uh, got started in my first business in high school. I, I started a paintball field, uh, ran that through high school. It was a really fantastic high school job and, uh, did that, uh, a little bit into university. Um, I went on to, uh, found, a, a pizza restaurant, uh, kind of in parallel and, uh, sold a couple of franchises of that. And um, and then end up selling the restaurant. Uh, I kind of kept my interest in the paintball company and uh, moved to moved to Vancouver at that point. Uh, I started in, in web and uh, ended up building uh, an e-commerce uh, site out for the paintball company. Um, I worked at a dot com for a little bit and then uh, founded out an agency uh, called Invoke. And uh, through Invoke and the work I did there. Uh, ended up building up uh, an e-commerce uh, product for the paintball company and, and uh, turning that into uh, one of the largest uh, paintball equipment retailers in Canada. Uh, my brother manages that business, and uh, I continued on uh, with the agency, uh, building out uh, products and doing services-type work, and uh, that was kind of from 2000 on. And then uh, most recently um, was involved in, in launching Hootsuite, uh, which is uh, our social media product, and uh, that's uh, what I spend my day-to-day on these days. I uh, am, am CEO of Hootsuite, and, and uh, we're busy innovating and, and building that product out. What is it that got you down this, this long road of entrepreneurship? What is it that gave you the drive to um, you know, be so involved when you were in high school and then obviously do all these fun things throughout these years? What was it that, that was truly your drive? Well, I, you know, I think from an early age, entrepreneurs are just interested in in doing things, building things, and and I don't know, making the world a little bit different or a little bit better. And uh, you know, that was just always an early driver for me. I was I was interested in in 
building things and and uh, you know ultimately got a bit of a buzz out of it. So um, that that kind of has been you know my drivers is seeing you know what I can do with it and and it's fun. I don't know. I just you you find it fun and and that's uh, a good sign in in career and life. As an entrepreneur who's played both sides of the fences, I guess online and offline. Being you've started and managed offline businesses, but now you kind of. Uh, started in Invoke uh, a number of years ago, and then that um, birthed Hootsuite, which is uh, one of the reasons why you're on this call here to t- today to talk about your uh, your track in life and Hootsuite, what you guys have been up to. But uh, playing both sides of the fence, what's the biggest driver that got you into the online space and starting Invoke? You know, um, I, I think the the biggest driver on that is that you know, with with brick and mortar and real world uh, projects. You, you, you. There's some limitations. Uh, one of them is is uh, financial. Uh, you know, it, brick and mortar type stuff is is expensive. And it's not to say that that online isn't, but you can sure play around with a lot of stuff in online and do that in a pretty lean way. And um, so, you know, I, I really like that. And I really also like that it's it's really still green pasture. There's so many things out there still uh, that, that, you know, problems that need to be solved. And uh, I think that's exciting, just looking at all these opportunities. You use the word lean there in your description. Do you Are you a subscriber of the lean methodology, the lean startup methodology? Oh uh, yeah, I've I've been a subscriber to it before it even existed as a word. I think uh, I mean every every business I've done has been lean in in uh, so many ways. So uh, absolutely. What what is uh, what is lean to you? Well, I mean, lean to me is is uh, you know you you can look at uh, efficiency. Um, uh, you know, reduction of of costs and overhead. Uh, it, it's a you know smart use of uh, of resources at hand. Um, you know, and then you can get more into the the kind of more I guess traditional uh, lean web um, and agile type uh, schools. So now that uh, we're kind of full circle here, now we talked about your your background, where you came from, your uh, driving force in entrepreneurship. You see that this is a green pasture in terms of an open online web space to, to build upon. And you decided to, to start essentially um, with Hootsuite. Yeah, yeah, I get to, just to correct, I mean, Invoke is a company, uh, when I founded it in 2000, I mean, we, we I started building out products even at that point. So uh, we've been building out products throughout the years. Uh, we've built out e-commerce systems. We've built out content management systems. Uh, and that we, we also productize. Um, we have a video contesting product called Meme Labs. There's been there's been quite a few things. So uh, you know, it's it, some people call it an overnight success. And I, you know, I, I kind of call it like an overnight success that took ten years. Right? There's a lot of different pieces along the way. Well, most overnight successes do take ten years, don't they? Sure. <laughs> so with these other online products, CMSs, and various tools that you've built out, what are some of the fundamental lessons that you learned that made uh, building out Hootsuite a little bit easier for you? Uh, well, you know, I think um, a few of the things that, that were, uh, you know, we learned over the years and, and learned uh, often the hard way, um, 
design-led development was a big piece uh, that we're pretty bullish on. You know, we have, I've worked on projects where we've had coders just go and start ripping into stuff, and, and uh, ultimately at the end it becomes the designer's responsibility to kind of like put the lipstick on it. Uh, it, it always uh, resulted in subpar products. So, you know, we like to, to pretty proactively wireframe, build out UI, uh, and then from there uh, put logic behind it. Um, so, you know, that was a really easy learning piece and, and, and a big piece. Um, you know, other things uh, like... Um, like uh, keeping features out of a product, the the difficulty of that is sometimes very hard for people. The easiest thing that you can do often is is build out code, uh, and some of the you know harder things to do is to keep code out and and keep features out. So you know y- you have to be disciplined on it. Otherwise, your product suffers. You end up just throwing too much into it, and and it becomes useful for nobody. Um, so this is kind of you, know, I guess, a, a 37 signals uh, getting real axiom, and and something I remember when I read 37 signals getting real uh, that that I was like, yeah, we do that. That's really cool. And and so just kind of like these hard lessons that that you learn along the way that sometimes take a while to to uh, percolate into your your philosophy. And and uh, but you know those are a couple of the things that uh, we uh, work towards. Whenever you see something that you're working on kind of getting that, that uh, term feature creep or something going on like that. What are some of the disciplines you practice to mitigate and, and push away or push out or remove things to keep it, um, I guess, minimalistic or taking the 37 signals approach? Well, yeah, I mean, if, if you're, if you're seeing it, you know, it's, it's great that you're seeing it and hopefully, uh, you, you know, that that's good because it's not too late. Uh, we, we, we try to see it be, you know, prior to, to wireframing, you know, if, if our, our UI designer is having problems putting something into wireframing, then we know we've got, hey, wait a minute, maybe this doesn't make sense. Let's think more about this. Why? You know, what's the goal here? Um, you know, and, and also we look at, uh, you know, a lot of our user feedback. So, so we have um, a feedback form on our product, feedback.hootsuite.com. We get lots and lots of product ideas in there. Uh, we really have to see a, a lot of demand for a feature in order to, to think about bringing it into the product. Um, and, and, you know, once something does make the cut, then, then we go after it and really figure out how, how it makes sense and, you know, iterate, A-B test it and, and find out what makes the most sense to the users. Before we dive too deep into that, there's a lot of good questions and I want to, I just want to drive right into, but (laughs) for those who don't really know who, uh, who Hootsuite is, it's kind of a tongue twister actually, or what the product is. Can you give a description kind of, of what Hootsuite is and what it's been about? Yeah, so Hootsuite is a dashboard for social media. So effectively what that means is it's a single place where power users, um, small, medium, and enterprise uh, users in terms of marketing or social media management or community management, a single place where they can log in and manage all of their social media channels. So we help them manage Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, WordPress, all from one spot. And um, and then learn more. So so we help them look and see what people are saying. We help them respond to what people are saying. And usually that's 
kind of underneath an, uh, an engagement umbrella. Uh, and then secondly to that, uh, we help give them analytics around it, reporting, uh, so that they can learn more uh, about what's, what's being successful in terms of what they're doing, and ultimately the reporting part so that they can report back to their, their management and, uh, or their clients or themselves and uh, you know, really kind of better, get a better idea of the overall success of what they're working on. So this product was born out of Invoke, and yeah. it was an internal product. Was it? How did it actually come about? Was it something you were feeling a bunch of pain with client work and services, and it was essentially a tool to help you do your jobs better for your clients? That's correct. Yeah, yeah. It was. Uh, so we have a social media team as part of our services offering. Um, we were working on multiple Twitter accounts uh, with multiple clients and multiple team members, and we just needed a better place to put all of this together. Uh, so we consolidated it all under the the, the tool and and um, built it out as a you know I guess to scratch our own itch. Uh, when we put it out into the wild, we had uh, you know we could see that kind of uh, great growth day after day, and we could see oh we got another you know initially it was ten people and it was twenty and fifty and a couple hundred and then a couple thousand, and, and we knew we were on this pretty great growth curve and, and that we had built something that was resonating with people. You took a different approach though, whenever you put this out, then I'm not sure if it's completely different, but you didn't go the, the distributed application way. you kind of went with this web interface that could then serve to many different clients, like an iPhone eventually and ultimately an iPad and the Android platform and so on and so forth. But why did you choose to deliver this application as a web service like this? Right. Well, I think um, that's been a, a benefit to us the whole way through. So, you know, our, our team is a web development team. Um, I, I think there are some inherent flaws and issues with uh, some of the Air uh, Silverlight builds out there. Um, they are memory hogs, etc. They have they have issues like that. They also require, from an IT perspective, um, the need to install uh, the the client uh, in your on your computer, and and it slows scaling. Uh, so if you want to, uh, for, from an IT perspective, if somebody wants to get the, you know a different client in house that is is on a you know a platform like Air or Silverlight. The, the IT department has to go install it onto everybody's computer. Uh, all you need for us is a browser. You point it at it, and it works. It's always synchronized, so if you put it on at home, at work, wherever, it's always the same experience. And, you know, these things all coupled together uh, on top of the fact that our team is just maintaining a single code base. It's let us scale really rapidly. It's let us pass a lot of our competition uh, and, and just build out a product that, uh, you know, is leading the market at this point. We talked, uh, we talked a little bit earlier about design patterns and um, how you kind of plan that out. And obviously you've gotten much, much bigger over the past two years, but the, has the design fundamentally been pretty much the same? Yeah, we did um, a newer release. Uh, well, I guess let me just think back here. Uh, in um, we we call it Hootsuite 2.0, which is it was over a year and a half ago. But you know, since then, um, our, our our design has been fairly uh, fairly on track, and and. Uh, uh, we haven't done a huge iterations. Uh, we've done some some refinements, and we have a few more refinements underway. But uh, um, that's the really you know is our has been um, you know a fairly a fairly uh, key design, and and we've stuck with that and had great response on it since then. 
I've always been a, a big fan. That's why I asked you that. I wanted to know a little bit more about the design patterns and what got you down, going on that track because um, the design, you know, truly focuses on, um, I guess, more of an active Twitter user or a social media user. The right. design kind of focuses on these streams and they're all kind of housed in these customizable tabs, which the user has control over. So what uh, what were some of the earlier scenarios you guys played out during the design process to, to come up with this scheme? Well, I guess, you know, philosophically, uh, we felt that, that there wasn't going to be a single UI design that works for everybody uh, in the space. So uh, I guess a single uh, way of displaying accounts or displaying brand mentions or displaying whatever. So we wanted it, it, the product to be very organic. If you want a single stream view, you can set it up to look like that. If you want multiple stream views, you can do that. If you want multiple stream views around multiple brands, you can do that. Uh, if you want a single dashboard that shows everything, you can do that as well. We, we didn't really feel like there was any one way that was right. And so we kept it very open and organic. And I think that's been, you know, a great benefit to us. We have, you know, different teams that use it. We've got sales groups. We've got marketing groups. We've got advertising groups. We've got support groups. And all of these groups are able to use the product because of the, you know, organic structure of it. They set it up how they see, you know, their lens works. So a sales team is going to look at this much differently than a, than a support team and et cetera. And so, um, you know, that's been a, a big, uh, you know, piece of our success. When you first started uh, developing Hootsuite, was Twitter the kind of primary target? And did you always know you were going to branch out from there? Yeah, we, we started with Twitter. Uh, we did always know that we wanted to incorporate more. And we had this, uh, you know, social media Switzerland dashboard type philosophy very early on. We knew it was going to be important. Uh, we built in, um, you know, products like Ping FM uh, early on, and and uh, but of course, like built natively for Facebook, etc., and and have uh, a lot more of those type of uh, features in the works. I think if we if we pull back and we look at the long term history, I guess the two years history of of Hootsuite, we see you starting out as a free solution, and obviously now you have some paying features, which. Uh, maybe we can talk a little bit about the, the user base that's actually converted to being paid users. But a lot of different web applications or web services out there launch with this notion of being free because everybody wants to put their their product in somebody's hands. But your approach was a little bit different. It seemed like it was kind of planned in terms of launching free with an intention of going to, to paid services. What was your what was your strategy around launching free and doing all that? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so when we launched in December of '08, we always had a plan of uh, of turning this into um, uh, a SaaS product. Uh, we were in free open beta for uh, almost two years, and um, but that was definitely planned. I mean, we we took a lot of inspiration from you know Basecamp as a as a product for. Uh, businesses to to get out and manage what they're doing in social. Um, the at the point of uh, you know turning on our monetization, we did a lot of uh, A/B testing with our with new users on the system to find out price points that work for them, what kind of offering they were looking for, and and what resonated well with the market. Uh, we wanted to make sure that our existing users didn't get steamrolled. And and so we looked at how we could offer you know functionality to them. We want to have uh, viability in the business, so we want to have continuity. Um, and so the only way that you know we're going to have continuity in the business is to provide functionality and actually have a business. 
so you know a lot of people are building their businesses on social media they're looking at you know doing work and campaigning in, in social media and a lot of our users were uh, you know asking us screaming at us yelling at us to to give us a way to pay us to give them a way <laughs> to pay us and so it was pretty it was it was you know pretty amazing to hear that from people and, and it was a great uh, feeling, you know, people saying, hey, we love the product. We want to we want to give you guys some money because we use it every day and it's core to our business. That was a pretty great indicator to us. Um, so, so you know, we, they want that because they know they have continuity. If, if you know, we see users with several hundred social media networks, uh, it's several, uh, you know, large groups with, with large, large teams involved in the product, it's pretty core to their business and they have to have some way of knowing that there's going to be continuity. If they woke up one day and, and um, Hootsuite didn't exist, it would be a major headache for them. And, and so you know, that's kind of a good sign in a lot of ways. Uh, so so we, we talked a lot to our users, found out uh, you know, pricing that was going to work for them, etc. And then uh, in, in November of, of uh, 2010, uh, we, we launched out uh, our paid plans. Uh, 98% of our users uh, still fall in the free camp. So 98% of our users don't have to pay to this day. Uh, they keep using the product for free. Uh, they're effectively uh, evangelists and free users. And, and, you know, maybe one day they become pro paid users. Uh, that's great, but, but we love them and uh, we think they're important. They help us uh, iterate and evolve and they're also evangelists of the product. The 2%, uh, there are paid users and those are power users that have large accounts, lots of users. And, uh, you know, we, we um, you know, thank them a lot and, and I, you know, I hope that they find a lot of utility out of the product. Well, one thing that stands out to me quite a bit, and I'm not sure how often you get asked this, but um, Twitter has always been a free, a free platform, um, a very diverse API. A lot of different third-party applications have been built on top of it, some that have been able to have the success that you've had, which is uh, going from freemium or going from a free product to a freemium model where you can actually have a free version and also a paid version. Um, sitting on top, There's a couple of questions I have that revolve around Twitter, and, and I think the first one I want to talk about really is is um, you being able to monetize in areas where Twitter hasn't been able to. And then, uh, um, and then I also kind of want to talk about dealing with or sitting on top of or leveraging um, this third-party API and what kind of headaches come from that. So, uh, you know, I think uh, ultimately, you know, our business and Twitter's business are absolutely, you know, they're, they're different in so many ways. Um, Twitter uh, has such a huge opportunity in front of it. Their business is, you know, effectively they're in competition with uh, with Facebook uh, in for for um, mind share, market share, and and time share on social media as well as social media channel and data. Um, you know, we're in the business of providing tools for marketers. Uh, and, and so those are two really different businesses. Uh, we had the, the privilege of, uh, we have a great relationship with the Twitter team and had, had the privilege of doing an exclusive launch with them for their promoted tweets product. Uh, we launched that uh, this fall. And uh, that was really well received in a very interesting experiment. Um, we still run uh, Twitter promoter tweets in the product, and and uh, um, you know are we're, are are helping them refine that product ultimately. Um, 
as as you know we see them uh move ahead i think things like twitter the twitter 2.0 i think is a is a great uh thing for everybody uh ultimately we're really happy about it because i i feel like it makes it more user friendly and the more user friendly twitter the product is uh, the more people there are on it, and effectively, the more important it is for marketers to be in the space and to be marketing to those people. And if they're going to be marketing to those people, they're going to be using our product. And so, you know, we're really happy uh, with with uh, anything they do to get, you know, to increase their market share. Um, you know, it just makes their relevance that much more important, and what we do that much more relevant. What happens? When Twitter becomes, or let's say they never do become less important than Facebook, or let's say one of the two wins, what happens to, to Hootsuite in that, in that kind of scenario? Well, I, I don't look. I I really don't feel that any one thing is going to win. If you look at uh, you know markets generally, they evolve to having like a to, uh, top three. You know that control eighty percent of the market. Uh, you know right now maybe that's Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook. Um, I I don't know. I don't know who that is right now. But but you know it's still it's still early market. Um, so so maybe somebody wins. I don't think that anybody any one person does win. Uh, you know, I think that you look at um, uh, the interesting thing with Twitter right now is that they're uh, a very important communication channel, not just you know for for Twitter users, but also for other social networks. So you know, we see like. Foursquare uh, broadcasting happening via Twitter or untapped broadcasting happening over Twitter. So we're seeing social networks building on top of social networks, which is a really interesting phenomenon. Um, so I don't think that, uh, you know, I think Twitter's here to stay. I mean, they, they've just closed a ton of cash. They're, they're looking at, at uh, their market, and ultimately uh, it's, it's a very uh, exciting place to be. Yeah, I, I think Twitter's here to stay. Too. I just want to play devil's advocate for a second. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, let's talk about the, I guess, the user in there. You'd mentioned the marketer, and you know when we introduced Hootsuite to the audience on this podcast, you had said for the power users. How have you decided? Um, I, obviously, you know Hootsuite's got all these different streams, and you can really customize, and it's much bigger than your typical one user account Twitter client. Um, how do you actually, you know, pinpoint your your audience, and how do you know what kind of users you actually have? The types, I mean, the types of users. Well, yeah, yeah. I guess you know. So, so uh, at a core, uh, we could be used by you know uh, somebody that that just wants to look at Twitter in a different way, and we have a lot of people that do that. But we, when we were looking at our paid plans, we started really dissecting our users and looking at their usage. Uh, uh, behavior and and we found you know a lot of interesting trends. Uh, we found that you know team size, uh, number of social networks, etc., really were indicating um, that our users were pretty sophisticated users that needed uh, more out of a product than than just um, uh, you know a way to send out a message. And so I mean we do that, but we really continue on from where Twitter.com leaves off. So when people start looking for more functionality, better functionality, that's when they start finding us um, and, and going from there all the way up into management of multiple social networks and analytics around that, etc. When you look at the different networks that Hootsuite interfaces with, you know, LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, uh, and even Foursquare, I guess, right? right. Um, when you look at those different channels that, that someone can market to or broadcast to, is there a, 
You know, is there a favorite? Uh, well, you know, our, our big three right now are Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. And when you look at those different networks and the relationship that you, I guess, at some point should have or want to have, how do you begin to go into those roads and forge relationships? Like, like you had mentioned before, you had the privilege of launching, you know, with Twitter, their right. promoted tweets, and you kind of played a part in that and helping them develop that product. How do you get into those relationships and areas? Yeah, I think um you know, we we've had the great luxury of of you know, it built it built fairly quickly, but uh we have have had a, a pretty good volume and a pretty good user base and that's helped open a lot of doors. You know, we when Twitter talked with us about doing the promoted tweets, uh they, you know, they said they liked working with our team, they liked our product, and they felt like we could execute it well. And I think we've just built on successes. So, you know, we just keep, keep uh, you know, doing what we do. And, and uh, you know, downstream, um, hopefully we get to do more projects with them, Twitter, Facebook, uh, and emerging social networks that, you know, none of us have even heard of yet. While you were talking there, I kind of had a little choke there. I, I swallowed some water down the wrong hole. <laughs> so sorry about that. I thought you that. were so emotionally blown away by what I was just saying. That too. That Bringing too. tears to your eyes. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, let's, let's veer away from, from that subject for a little bit. Let's talk about money for a bit. Let's talk about users and growth. What has been – like right now you're, I think, just a little over a million users, I assume. You kind of announced a million users back in November, right? Yep. So what has been the fundamental growth uh, traits that you can kind of look back on as the growth of Hootsuite that have actually gotten you to, the, to where you're at right now? Well, uh, it, we to date have done no paid advertising. There's zero, zero paid advertising behind the product. Uh, it has all been uh, word of mouth. It's been around community building. It's been around eating our own dog food, so using our tool to build social media and awareness, identify influencers, uh, engage with influencers, talk, talk with them about what we're doing and what we are. Um, and it also creating viral functionality within the product that allows people to talk about the product. So things like, I like Hootsuite. I like to, you know, one quick, quick tweet to tell people about why I like Hootsuite. Uh, these type of pieces that, that, you know, we've been working on since day one and, and really uh, our social media and, and, you know, create viral loop. Um, those have really been our, our key drivers. And so when we look at the different revenue types that you have, what are some of the different revenue types that you've been able to achieve? Well, uh, you know, our, our, uh, our, we, we effectively uh, divide our users into about three buckets. We have our free users. We have our uh, pro users, which uh, the pro plan starts at $6 a month. And uh, we have our enterprise users, which start at $1,500 a month. And uh, those are really you know, based around seats and uh, type of usage and, uh, and a few features. And is the promoted tweets, do you get any cash from that? Yeah, yeah, we have a revenue share with Twitter. Um, and that, that is, uh, you know, the, the promoted tweets appear in our, um, in our free ad stream. And uh, yeah, that's, uh, there's a rev share there. And so a million users now, are you a little over a million users now? Yeah, we are. We're quite a bit over a million users. And now you've got the affiliate program in place. So how many people of those million users clicked on that uh, that modal window that pops up the next time you log in when you la- when you launch that program how right. many of them converted to affiliate users 
We had a pretty great uh, response on that. Now, that being said, that program is only available at this point. We wanted to start it off slowly, uh, make sure that we weren't having any fraud or, uh, you know, wanted to make sure that everything was kind of going to grow, you know, fairly organically. But um, first week, so it's only available to to paid users. Uh, First week, we had over uh, 2,000 signups. I think it was closer to three. uh, And we tripled our our weekly... um, Pro uh, plan signups, so so pretty amazing response. Uh, there were a lot of people out there that were just evangelizing and, and effectively, you know, telling their friends about our product for free uh, for us. And and uh, you know, we wanted to to give them something back. And so uh, I, I, and and it looks like it was a really well received by uh, by a lot of our users. Uh, over the next um, few months, uh, we may open it up to to non-paid users. Uh, that remains to be seen, but we know that there's really great appetite for it, and uh, hopefully the trend keeps up in terms of uh, enrollment. I guess I kind of gave myself away there as a as a pro user, didn't I? <laughs> no, it, that that pop up did appear to everybody, but if they if they weren't a pro user, uh, it would it would send them through like a pro registration path. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah I, I'm a pro user by the way, but um, I, I I haven't signed up for my affiliate yet. But I've I'm kind of one of those people that's been. Uh, you know, you and I talked about a year ago on a different podcast uh, right. about the same subject, pretty much. But yeah. I've been in a, a, you know, an evangelizer for Hootsuite for a long time. I I wouldn't call myself a marketer, but I guess I'm. Well, I mean, you're you're Hoots for. I mean, you you should at the end of the podcast put a link to Hootsuite for anybody that wants to get set up and and get an affiliate uh, code. I mean, as long as you're disclosing it, I don't think anybody has a has a problem with it. So you know, give it a shot. We're seeing really great response uh, to it so far and a lot of good signups and some people making it a heap of money by referring it to people. Wow. So if they're making money, then you're making money. This is a win-win. That's a win-win. So what, uh, what can you talk about in terms of revenue, like in terms of real numbers? Obviously, we know you've got over a million users, a large portion of that, around 20% roughly, based on some numbers you've already mentioned, are paid users. Uh, actually, sorry, no, in our conversion, we, two, we two hit percent, about 2%. Sorry. Yeah. 2%, yeah. my bad. Yeah. I put a yeah, zero no on problem. there. Yeah. So that's in terms of um, fast freemium models, uh, you know, conversion from from free users to paid, uh, two to three. Some people say they hit 5% on a freemium model. 5% is, is almost unheard of, but, you know, two or three is pretty good, uh, pretty good numbers in terms of uh, conversion to, to SaaS and freemium, and that's about what we're hitting at this point. And if we rewind a little bit, you said that you started out with the full intention of starting out with the free, um, with the free model and then ultimately moving into the, to the space you're in right now. And along the way, you've got investors, but what... What were some of the things that you were able to do or what were some of the things you were able to say to convince them that we will be able to convert and turn into this uh, this paid platform? Well, I mean, it, it didn't take a lot of selling on our part, you know, in terms of, of uh, necessarily, you know, the, the raise is, was fairly small. You know, we did a 1.9 million raise. Um, the opportunity was huge. Um, our investors luckily saw that as well and, and believed in, in the vision that we, we had and that, that we were going to be able to, to move the product along and own a large piece of the market. Um, you know, ultimately, uh, we were lucky in, in terms of the fact that we managed to put together a, a paid uh, offering that has resonated well. But 
um, even if we didn't, I think that uh, there still would be a lot of uh, interest and appetite in, in what we're doing. And, you know, we see lots of people, uh, you know, building out product to some concept and, and uh, without even necessarily having a, a business model or, or monetizing even at a B or a C round. So um, it's, uh, you know, it, it's uh, been an exciting adventure. So 1.5 or 1.9 mil? 1.9. So that's that's all the money you've had to raise. Is that do you, in your eyes for a service like you've done? I mean, let's remove you from the real seat that you sit in, which is the founder and the CEO. But um, if you step back, do you think that that's an awesome achievement in in the world of in the lies? Uh, I guess in the eyes of everybody else, or is that? Is that pretty? Oh well, yeah. I, I look back. I'm so proud of what the team has accomplished on that. I've seen companies that have raised ten times that amount that have achieved half of what we've done. Um, I think it's a it's a huge um, shout out to the team in terms of uh, what what they were able to accomplish. I mean, I'm I just I'm beaming with it. Uh, they've done such an amazing job. Um, I think uh, you know we also bootstrapped it as a small team for over a year. And uh, we're able to accomplish a lot in that year uh, and, and built out a really solid foundation that let us scale. And as I said, we're on the cloud, we're web-based. Um, we, we kind of made a lot of decisions early on that, you know, I'm really thankful we made that you never know, but, but it impacted us so much more down the road and, and really let us uh, scale. And I guess, you know, part of that is that kind of, uh, you know, the 10 year overnight success. Like you learn a lot of things along the way that you kind of just put in your toolkit and, and, uh, and gives you some, some kind of, you know, maybe wisdom as you're, as you're looking at these things and, or, uh, you know, uh, neurosis around not doing things a certain way. And, and, uh, so, you know, I think that's kind of a bit of where we sat, uh, a couple of years ago when we were getting into this. I guess we've come to, I guess almost the end. I got one more question for you and it's, um, it tends to be my favorite. It kind of depends on the response, but uh, I always ask, "What is what is on the horizon for Hootsuite? Maybe even just you? What's on the horizon that's super secret that no one knows that you can talk about here today on the show?" Oh man, well, um, what what is on the horizon for me? We're we're doing a lot of amazing things with the product. Um, I, I I can't get into them, but we're we're definitely beefing up our reporting side uh, stuff. We have uh, a lot that we're doing there, and I think that this is really going to make a lot of people's lives easier. And uh, I'm really excited to get that out. I know it's going to save time. Uh, it's going to impress bosses and and uh, management and and clients. Um, and and I think that's uh, one of the things I'm most excited about in the product. Well, Ryan, thanks for coming on the show today. As you know, I'm a huge fan of yours and a huge fan of Hootsuite everywhere. I use Twitter. I use it via Hootsuite on my iPhone, on my iPad, on my on my Mac. And, uh, you know, occasionally I use the Twitter client because it's cool, but uh, I, I primarily use Hootsuite. So big fan of yours, big fan of what you've been, been able to do. I look forward to all that you're going to do in the future. And uh, thanks for coming on the show, man. Thanks a lot, Adam. Uh, it was great talking as always.